Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Monster, Dear Monster, a podcast about monsters and uh, throughout media, uh, written, <laughs> visual, maybe audio one of these days. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Leonard, and today I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Dave. Hello. And Cameron. Hi there. And uh, we're here today to talk about uh, the most unpleasant movie of 2018, (laughs) Hereditary. Um, (laughs) But as always, before we uh, get into that, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the yokai of the week. (laughs) Dave, what letter are we on this week? This week, uh, the Yokai of the Week gets brought to us by the letter Y. Yay. <laughs> for, for yay. <laughs> yeah, for yay. yay. Yes. Yay. <laughs> the, the, a word that none of us will be saying during the, the majority of this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. As always, Dave, will you roll them? Two. Okay. We have Okay, the Yamabiko, I think. Is that how you say that? Um that looks like it, yes. Okay. Oh, what do we got? <laughs> God, that face. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's uh <laughs> You know, listeners, this this is this is uh, uh, an, an oral medium, um, yeah. uh, so I'm not even going to describe what this yokai looks like <laughs> on Wikipedia. Uh, but I will say that you should go to Wikipedia and type in Y A M A B I K O and. <laughs> and, and and make sure that it's folklore um yeah, yeah. and 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 um just get a gander yeah at this, take a look uh, at this uh yokai um, <laughs> the only thing that i will say about it is that it appears to be making um uh 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 a gesture that I'm sure yeah. Jerry Seinfeld made in maybe every episode of Seinfeld. It's, it's a living. Yeah, it's it's real. Oh, I didn't I'll even I didn't even notice the the print beneath it, which is yeah. of of a tinier version of the creature <laughs> in the same pose, perched on top of a mountain. Yes. Yeah. Viewers, do your do yourself a favor if you're if you're feeling bad, if you're feeling good, if you're even just neutral, <laughs> just just search for the Yamabiko. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it didn't work. I was trying to pull. There, there's a picture in the <laughs> other book. To put the picture there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, oh man. Um. Uh, so I'm gonna copy to, the picture to, to elaborate on what we're talking about. The Yamabiko 
is a mountain god, spirit, and yokai in Japanese folklore. <laughs> Obviously, that's what this section is about. Um, literally translated, Yamabiko means echo. It's the yokai responsible for the natural phenomenon in mountains or canyons. Uh, it, it's what makes the echo do. <laughs> but apparently only in mountains and canyons. Yeah, yeah. They... someone else handles municipal areas. <laughs> God, just looking at its face. Yep. Oh, God. Um, living deep in the mountains, direct encounters with the Yamabiko are rare. Often they are heard, but never seen. Uh, the small and elusive yokai wasn't officially classified until the Edo period in Japan. Instead, the bizarre noises coming from the mountains were attributed to a natural phenomenon like birds and not given any spiritual significance. <laughs> It is usually depicted with gray fur, a peach-colored belly, floppy ears, large grins, and arms outstretched as though caught uh, mid, well, what is it? Shrug. Uh, mid shrug. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a Dark Souls PvP. -er. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting yeah. on the mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Dave, would you like to talk about the mythology for us? Sure. So, the Yamabiko is a small creature that resembles a cross between a dog and a monkey. The term Yamabiko is also used to describe the phenomenon of a delayed echo in the mountains and valleys, as though, as, and is thought to be the spirit answering. In this case, it is written as something. This anomaly is also <laughs> sometimes Kodama, when it is thought to be oh. answering voice of a tree spirit. A little Kodama. That's nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, I'll just continue uh, with the next yeah, part. Yeah. Uh, Legends by area. In Totori, Totori Prefecture, a Yobuko, or a Yobukodori, that lives in the mountains is thought to thought to give out the Yamabiko's voice. In Kusuyama of Hashikami Village, uh, and then they just kept describing, okay, regardless of mm. whether it was day or night, when a sudden dreadful voice is heard deep in the <laughs> 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 Dread um, Dreadful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this strange phenomenon is called Yamahiko. They are sometimes se they are sometimes seen to be the same as the Yamawaro spoken of in Western Japan, as well as the Yamako of, in the Wakan Sansai Zue, and is thought that tree spirits would cause Yamabiko to occur. They are also seen to be the same as the yokai Pengo that lives in trees. In collections of yokai depictions like the Hyakai Zukan and the Cursed Kazuhyakiyanyo. <laughs> the Yamabiko that looks like a dog is thought to be based on the Yamako or the Pengo. The aforementioned Yobukudori uh, of Totori is said to take on the appearance of a bird. And other and other than that, there is also a small rock mountain in um, Kitazumi District of Nagano Prefecture called the Yamabiko Rock that returns people's words among other appearances of the word Yamabiko. And thus, mm -hmm. it can be seen that the Yamabiko as yokai are not uniform in either origin or what kind of yokai they are. <laughs> so it's just um, whoever happens to be speaking back in the mountains that day, I guess, gets to be the Yamabiko. Yeah. <laughs> He's the Echo Boy. Um, I've also pulled up a entry in the Night Parade of 100 Demons, a field to mm -hmm. guide to Japanese yokai. Uh, book one, the Yamabiko. Translation, Echo. Written as the character's meaning mountain boy. Okay, that yep, that works. <laughs> Habitat. Forested mountains and valleys inside camphor trees. So very specifically. Um, the diet. Unknown. 
<laughs> he doesn't even know what he eats. That's why he's struggling. What am I going to eat today? I don't know. <laughs> Appearance. The wilds of Japan are full of strange phenomena, like echoes that bounce back with more delay than they should, or that come back slightly different from the original sound. When the false echo comes from the forest, it is usually attributed to a kodama. When it comes from the mountains, it is due to something called the yamabiko. They are small, appearing like a cross between a dog and a wild monkey. Yamabiko are known almost exclusively by their voices. They are skilled at mimicking any sound, including natural sounds, human language, and trains and cars. They occasionally unleash terrible and mysterious screams. <laughs> <laughs> Deep in the forest that can, that can carry for long distances. Mm. Behavior. Little is known about these yokai due to their rarity and elusiveness. They live deep in the mountains and make their homes in camphor trees in close proximity to and sharing common ancestry with other tree and mountain spirits. For many centuries, their calls were speculated to be a rare kind of a kind of rare bird or other kinds of yokai or even natural phenomena. It wasn't until the Edo period, when determined yokai researchers like Sawaki uh, Sushi and Toyama Seiken, uh, Sekien. Uh, began making mm. illustrated yokai bestiaries that this creature's form was decided. With this God. terrible and mysterious <laughs> calls. This terrible and mysterious <laughs> beast. <laughs> yep. Oh my God. He's a fright. Oh he's God. a fright. He's a frightening boy. Frightening mountain boy. He really I, is. Um, I love that. There's. Uh, um, <laughs> I can't uh, stop looking at the picture. <laughs> yep. I love that there there were uh, dedicated yokai researchers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, oh, the picture I, you found is even better. Yeah, yeah thanks. I uh, um I kind of hope that some of those dedicated yokai researchers will be making an appearance in Neo Two. Oh God, please! <laughs> That'd I be hope great. this guy makes an appearance in Neo Two. Can you <laughs> yeah, imagine? Right? He, oh no! He leads a you to a trap. Boston Sekiro, come on! Yeah, you can, yeah. You, you hear him before you see him, and then when you see him, it's yeah. like slightly underwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love this so much. This is so beautiful. <laughs> oh man! Yes, the young. The Yamabiko can be the 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 witch of Himwick in Shadows Die Twice. <laughs> right, it, it, it leads you to a treasure, and then when you open it, and there's nothing in there, and he just shrugs. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god, this was this was beautiful and perfect. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> this this was just the this was just the palate cleanser uh we needed um mm. <laughs> before talking about today's yeah. subject. We, so today we, we may have to like reverse these sometimes if it's a particularly yeah. depressing episode. We'll just, we'll just put the yokai leak at the end of the episode. Right. So <laughs> um, Dave, once again, thank you for mm. the yokai of the week. All right. Well, that was fun. Time to mm. put that to an end. Um, <laughs> uh, we are uh, once again today. We're talking about uh, hereditary. Um, mm. uh, so, uh, first thing. Oh, 
first thing, let me pull up my notes because I, mm-hmm. I, I I have notes because I'm I'm also doing a little side piece of media based around uh, Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, Hereditary is a 2018 horror film, uh, which is the directorial debut of uh, Ari Aster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film centers around a series of horrifying events that begin to envelop the Graham family, <laughs> Annie, Stephen, Peter, and Charlie, portrayed by Tony Collette, Collette Gabriel Byrne, Alex Wolf, and uh, introducing uh, Millie Shapiro, respectively, mm-hmm. as yeah. they attempt to deal with the passing of Annie's mother, Ellen. Uh, what follows is an examination of ex- internal, external, and existential horror as Annie uncovers dark familial secrets and a supernatural plot to destroy her family. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I feel I feel I should throw out a warning here. If you don't like bad things happening to young people who are people's children, don't watch this film or listen nope. to us talk about it. <laughs> um, nope. <laughs> And I was I will, not expecting that. <laughs> and I will also throw out a disclaimer that if you have any interest in watching Hereditary, um, d- turn our podcast off. Don't don't mm. don't walk away from ever forever. Just just turn it off. Go watch it and, first. Just and, hit and watch hit pause. It. Hit pause and then yes. resume after you're yeah. finished watching because we will spoil this and you don't want that. Oh, yeah. spoiled. If no. you, 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 you want to go into this blind, yes, it would be <laughs> best all considered uh yes um so actually before i wanted to uh get into the movie i wanted to know had any of uh of you seen any of the trailers before actually watching the movie um i saw like 30 seconds of a trailer partway through last year and then i hit skip um because it was on a youtube ad uh, and that that was literally my entire exposure to this film before I went in, which I'm very happy for because all I heard was it was good, uh, which I heard from a couple of people on Twitter, and then I heard we were doing it for the show. Um, so I'm glad I didn't watch the trailers, um, just because I didn't want to know anything going in, and it was good not to know anything going in. Uh, Dave, I saw the trailer when this was announced to come out in the theater, um, and. Thankfully, it was edited in such a way that the trailer is not representational of the final film. At least that's what I I feel. Mm. Yes, same. Um, I I uh, mm. I I think that the trailer actually does a really good job at at trick kind of tricking the audience as to what this movie actually well, is. Maybe what kind and... of movie it is. Also, yes, yeah. I, I, I believe that as well because I wasn't expecting this movie to go uh, the way that it goes. And um, I think it should be noted that it this is a two-hour-long-plus horror movie, mm. which mm. is um, <laughs> not uh, um, the norm in, no. in horror flicks. It's a long time to keep the suspension up. Yeah, um... <laughs> but uh i i thought it was really interesting uh having watched this movie three times because i uh because i don't like myself clearly and um <laughs> i i love watching media that makes me feel bad inside um but 
uh, going back and watching the trailer, I I think it's kind of a masterwork of of building up an expectation because a lot of it feels um, very rote and typical um, mm. horror movie fare with just like a very um, measured cinematic uh, flair to it because yeah. Uh, yeah. another point is that this this movie is gorgeously shot. This is a, a gorgeous oh, yeah. looking horror movie. Uh, shot, edited, uh, sound design, um, soundtrack, um, everything mm-hmm. is uh, really fantastic. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And I think the trailer, other than, uh, for me personally, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this is this looks like a really gorgeous movie. It's also a horror movie. I'm color me intrigued. Uh, mm, so mm. that was my experience. Uh, and yes, I was not ready for, um, <laughs> for hereditary. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I'm going to interject briefly. Um, yes. when I watched the trailer, it felt like a rote, genre film um, mm-hmm. that actually made me not want to go see it like i have had from mm-hmm. the trailer alone i have zero interest in this film it it, it reminds reminds me too much of far too many other films which in after watching it it is evocative of those things but not mm-hmm. in not in the derivative way that the trailer makes it seem to be mm-hmm. um it's mm-hmm. it's taking inspiration and paying homage to a few films but done in a way that it doesn't feel like it's just riding on coattails of, of classic yeah, cinema yeah um it it's created its own thing um not like in that it's making a, a new genre or something but that it's used it, its constituent parts are equal to like the whole like the goodness of yeah. each of these individual things come out in the final product um, because they did that, uh, trying to think of what, uh, so what I think happened is the trailer is designed to appeal to like a more of a mass audience, like folk yeah. that will just go to see that kind of movie. Um, mm. but it's less so designed to pull in people that are a little bit more genre savvy or enjoy this sort of that sort of film because it's, it just reminds you that you've seen it before like what's it doing that's new it's not really presenting itself as like a new piece it's presenting itself in a way that uh it's sort of sort of a staple film yeah instead yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a shame because i didn't hear any word of mouth um after the film came out other than people were saying it was mm-hmm. good but the people that were saying it was good don't necessarily have the taste in movies that are similar to mine so mm. that didn't really endear me to like wanting to watch this film i don't i don't even remember why i ended up <laughs> watching it in the first place but um definitely glad i did because it, it it blew away my expectations um, pleasantly so yeah yeah all right that was my my aside <laughs> leonard carry on um I was wondering, Dave, did you just want to go over kind of a, a basic outline of this film? Because I think, uh, do do we want to do like a 
breakdown breakdown or do we want to deal with the tone and mood and and feel of this film because it feels like talking about it too specifically um it's not necessary because this film is a it's a family drama at its yes, at yeah, its core yeah. um it's almost not even in our wheelhouse but because <laughs> of the because of the, the final turn like the, the last <laughs> act of the film ties mm. things together in a very specific way um mm. an overview an introduction to the characters who they are and maybe why they have the problems they do is enough uh and then we'll yeah. discuss the the hereditary portion of it mm. all right mm. um cool. dave do you want to handle that this overview because i think i'll go into way more detail than you will <laughs> uh well i mean we kind of covered it a little bit so we have um the family and they're like uh, we, as you mentioned they're dealing the, this movie deals with grief um, in a very specific mm. way, but it deals with it in a also non-positive fashion. Like it, it's yes. showing it's showing people that aren't able to deal with grief. Right. Um, and uh, the family itself is not a cohesive unit uh, before, during, or well, I guess it's most cohesive after <laughs> events have happened. It, 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 um, it, yeah, actually. <laughs> Actually, yeah, they are the most cohesive after the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it's a little different. Um, so the the family has had this this tragedy the 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 death of their grandmother. Hmm. Um, and we come to find as the as the film progresses that the death was perhaps beneficial in some sense because the grandmother was not a cohesive force in the family um, mm. was more of a dividing force and uh, as I mentioned going into this the, the family itself the, the unit really is the, the father the sister and the brother are sort of together on mm. things the mother due to her past um, and due to how yeah. she's processing everything is sort of on the outside um that that breach kind of just broadens as the film progresses um she gets further and further away from her family the more she's trying to cope with what uh, ultimately her her mother sort of did to them and yes. how she was treated and how she was grown up and the things that she internalized but didn't um address as as an adult or as a mother, mm -hmm, yeah. or it's a failure on many of her own parts to deal with those things. Not not that she was responsible for what happened to her, but mm -hmm. that she didn't understand or address them. Um, her her problems are far deeper than on the surface, uh, for sure. Yes, um, we we kind of move forward with that. We see a there's a bond, but still a wall between the brother and sister um the we find that this is this in partner and whole is due to the the fact that um rather than her the the daughter rather than her mother raising her was raised almost exclusively by their their deceased grandmother mm. um yeah. for to a specific end um of course 
but uh, <laughs> what this does is that is a further wedge driven between the mother the family and then the mother's experience with, with her own mother yes mm-hmm. they kind of it's it's sort of a it's a it's a ball of trouble you see at the top of a hill and then as the movie <laughs> just rolls things just start unraveling further and further and further um they the mother she creates um installation pieces for an art art, art gallery so she builds mm. um uh miniature models of mm. specific scenes uh the the film itself is and part of the masterful art direction is that um she's building or has built miniatures of, of their own home mm-hmm. and uh, it's to yeah. it's to scale and each of the rooms is reflected in both the model and in the actual house uh the camera takes time to sort of the 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 movie's split in scenes and its scene traditions are um transitions are handled by kind of zooming in on the model looking at a specific room and then um transforming that zoom into an actual um scene so yes uh, i guess an example would be uh looking at the the say the daughter's room you could kind of it's on a crane comes in it's sort of entering the dollhouse room and then we're we're sort of pulled into the actual room of the house or i guess it kind of expands back out um because of that and the idea that these uh there's mm, it's not only just the house she the, the mother um puts in figures there everything's you know carefully painted and rendered and mm. she she's manipulating these figures to set a stage to set to evoke a certain sense or an emotion or a scene that manipulation that she's doing to the dollhouse is really a reflection um, unbeknownst to her of what the grandmother has done with this family Yes. So mm-hmm. they're all puppets is not the right word, but it's close enough as close as I can think of too. They mm-hmm. they are dolls in this dollhouse. I mean, it's just real for them yeah. at least. Yeah. And um as as the movie progresses, the the distinction between where the dollhouse it's already kind of blurred, but where it begins and where the house the actual house ends is just becomes um immutable not the right word uh you can't you can't tell (laughs) where one begins and the other ends you don't you're always kind of in question of is is this happening or is this uh is it part of a dream um that bit's hazy and it works really well um, for the film because the audience is left kind of you can't really expect anything because anything could happen right Um, and things of a sort of supernatural nature um, begin occurring um their the ebb and flow of their daily lives has been like utterly disrupted um by by Mm. this grandmother's death uh but since we sort of hear um first person account um by by the mother that her life never was in order it's always mm. sort of been this way and everything 
has been and is and continues to be manipulated by something beyond her own control. Um, right. This the movie itself calls in to question um, the concepts of like fate, uh, mm-hmm. of uh, mm-hmm. predestination, um, and the idea that this like family unit the the problems they have uh and that's this part and parcel of the of the title uh are through through generations right yeah and it's not a specific like trait it's a problem i think instead yes um (laughs) but yeah so they they're they're coping with the death of their grandmother uh one by one the family sort of begins to fall apart yeah yeah yes. um, <laughs> um do do we want to start getting into specifics um uh, we're, we're gonna have to because it's uh i can't like talk, yeah, i can't talk around it anymore, anymore. It's, 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 <laughs> it's... all right um all right listeners um there are uh, uh, a number of movies throughout history that have a uh, that scene. Um, mm. Yes, <laughs> that I think that's a really <laughs> a really good way to describe it. Um, uh, uh, a scene that is so unexpected, uh, possibly so shocking that it may in fact uh, turn a number of people off from the film, cause mm-hmm, them to mm-hmm. stop watching it, and 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 not uh, not do it uh anymore um hereditary i feel is is a is a movie that has uh a that scene um so uh the grams that's the the family's name uh, mm. uh as as dave said annie annie makes miniatures um uh they all seem to be representative of a moment in her life um that uh she has uh not dealt with yeah uh and has used used this career as as this kind of miniature still life not not still life but model maker to compartmentalize her her feelings on an issue without actually having to deal with it she puts it mm-hmm. into a piece and then puts that piece on the shelf and that exists at that that event exists in that piece and not within her um yeah it's a terrible Annie's... it's a terrible coping mechanism <laughs> Just yeah, saying. Yeah. like the, <laughs> yeah. the idea behind it's good if you're going to use that therapeutically mm-hmm. but hers is taking it like too far like yes. she's she's re- it's basically taking those memories and those instances and removed them from herself put them mm. aside and then said don't don't acknowledge it yeah, like yeah. beyond beyond the beyond what you've made of it as an art installation. Um, yeah, you've yeah. you've like uh, sterilized. She sterilized the intent mm. and emotions behind these things, um, supposedly not to affect her, but making it so that you're never going to stop thinking about it because you've immortalized these horrible events um, mm. in something that you can never get rid of. Right. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, no problem. No, that's great. That's what, this is what I'm looking for. So, um, Annie's uh, oldest uh, child is her son Peter. Uh, they mm-hmm. have a strained relationship. Peter is a high school student. Um, they have a very so the thing that I I really find 
uh, kind of interesting about Hereditary is that I, I am hard pressed to think of a, a a piece of a film that has a a more damaged familial unit than mm. this film does. This movie clearly starts in media res with uh, with Annie's mother's death, but you can tell immediately that um, this family unit doesn't work and may not have ever worked, um, but it might have been better at one point, but it's it's degraded to a point where no one can, like, no one trusts it, one another, um, and and they don't feel good being around each other. They're going through mm. the motions of being a family, um, because there's so many familial things that are unsaid that eventually come to light in this movie. Uh, so Peter and 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 Annie uh, don't have a great relationship. Uh, Charlie, Annie's youngest, um, um, is 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 an odd child. Likes to mm. make toys. Uh, her appearance is 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 a little lot odd. She's unkempt. Uh, they have a treehouse uh, that uh, she tends to sleep in, uh, even mm. though it's freezing outside. Um, I think it's really interesting that her treehouse is shaped exactly like her bedroom, um, mm -hmm. uh, which she refuses to sleep in. Um, anyway, uh, Peter uh, uh, is uh, real hot for this girl in his class. Um, <laughs> that is his introduction. He is sitting in class uh, staring at her butt uh, as, uh, as uh, his uh, teacher... Um, talks about Heracles and <laughs> and um, the uh, whether or not um, uh, fate uh, his Heracles's fate is more uh, tragic or less tragic uh, because he didn't have a choice in it, mm -hmm. um, which is a uh, hey surprise surprise that's actually really important and that movie and the movie <laughs> distracts you by uh having you uh through peter's eyes skis on 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 a on a high school girl anyway peter uh uh gets uh finds out that he uh uh that there's a big house party and that the girl that he likes is is going to be there so he goes to annie uh and asks her to take uh one of the cars um because it's a school barbecue and blah blah yeah. blah yeah and um Annie's like, Well, are you are you drinking? And he's like, I alcohol, we couldn't even if if we tried. And Annie's like, Well, that's <laughs> crap. I'm just asking if you're drinking. And so ultimately Annie makes Peter take Charlie with him to the <laughs> high school party. Um, it should be noted, um Charlie uh uh, has a nut allergy that is yep. brought up almost immediately yep. <laughs> um, in the film. And uh, they get to the party. Uh, Peter almost immediately uh, dumps Charlie. 
uh, to try to win over his lady, lady fair with uh, some marijuana and, um, uh, uh, and tells Charlie, oh, look, there's cake. Eat the, go eat cake while I do the thing in the other room. And um, there is a very explicit shot of, of, of uh, these high school party kids. I think it's really weird, but it's less weird in retrospect, um, are, are, are baking during this high school party. Mm-hmm. And are have a giant cutting board <laughs> covered in walnuts that they are furious as many dropping. nuts as possible. Yep. <laughs> um, so Charlie eats the cake. Surprise, surprise! The cake has walnuts in it. Uh, mm. She begins to go into anaphylactic shock. Uh, lets Peter know. Uh, uh, Peter's high. Uh, runs her out of the party. Puts her in the car. And then begins to race her to the hospital mm. uh, when uh, he didn't buckle Charlie up. Uh, her throat's closing up. She opens the window of the car to try to get air because she thinks that she'll be able to breathe that way. Uh, Peter's flying down the road, swerves to avoid a piece of roadkill that appeared to be yeah. a deer uh, as Charlie uh, sticks her head out of the window and is um, almost instantly decapitated by a uh, transformer pole. Uh, yeah. Telephone pole. Yeah. Um, this is 30 minutes into the movie. Like yeah. approximately 37 yeah. minutes into a two-hour movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, I looked at the time, I was like, no, please. This can't be this soon. <laughs> and and what follows uh, is is maybe one of the most uncomfortable how many minutes would you say this the this sequence is like is like it like five four, minutes is yeah about four four, four or five yeah, minutes four minutes yeah of of the the most horrifyingly tragic and uncomfortable and kind of indescribable um uh filmmaking i've i've seen in a really long time um mm. i i yeah. think the, i think the worst part is it's um it's identifiable yes mm. like you don't see anything wrong with the behavior given the events that happen Correct. yeah it is like that. Like, one yeah, like that. That seems about right. <laughs> horrible accidents. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. Uh, it, additionally, th- this is where the movie changes from what was presented in the trailer. Um, as yeah, my, my yeah. read of the trailer is the events of the entire film will be situated around something going wrong with Charlie. Right. I mean, you weren't wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's a little bit difficult to have these events occur when they've all already happened prior to this point. Um, the cuts from the trailer yeah. were yeah before yeah. this, and Charlie does not exist as a child at this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This this really threw me for a loop because about the only clue I had for the plot going in was um we did our Lovecraft episode and I did the thing on the doorstep and someone offhandedly said, yeah, that's pretty similar to what we're doing next episode. 
And so I kind of thought in the back of my head, oh, it's about a dead grandmother, and the only image I've seen is, like, the mother standing over Charlie, with Charlie's, like, the centre of the poster. Clearly it's a story about the grandmother possessing the young, possibly autistic girl in the family. I'm like, nope, I guess that that, that idea's shot. Um... Yeah. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> but not um, wrong. <laughs> no, yeah. not wrong at all. <laughs> um. So Peter, in disbelief, uh, sits in the car. Uh, it is a. Um. I once again, I I cannot describe how awful and and uncomfortable it is. Yeah. Because uh, that's also <laughs> another thing about this movie is that this movie loves its long takes. Uh, mm. And its long takes are used to make you not feel good whatsoever. Um, the film is shot very voyeuristically. Um, mm. There are a lot of wide shots in 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 this in this film, uh, long wide shots where you just stare at people's whatever, lives, yeah, people's, <laughs> people's lives, people's reactions. Um, so Peter, um, in complete and utter shock, uh, drives home with mm. Charlie in the back seat, parks the car, goes into the house, goes into his bedroom, and lays down. Does not go to sleep. I think it's no. pretty ex- implicit that he does not sleep at all. Um, and what follows is... A close-up of Peter's face as he lays in bed with Annie um, leaving to get some dog food um, Mm. and telling Steve that she'll be 20 minutes. Um, You hear the front door open, close. You hear the car door open and close. And then you hear Annie wail in a a way Mm. that I have not heard in films ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, I cannot overstate how uh, how fantastic Tony Collette's performance is yeah, in this film. Absolutely. Um, I yes, go on, Dave. Everybody concerned, like no one phoned in a performance. They yes. put mm. everything on the table. Um, the, the there's a nice behind the scenes um, provided uh, through. I, I watched it through Amazon. And um, I, I would definitely like to have like a Blu-ray with special features on it because that, I was mm-hmm. missing that portion of it. But um, there, I'd like to see interviews, maybe with the director, um, or or even mm. like a commentary track would be would be really good on this film. Um, yes. But the as far as the cast members goes, um, uh, Gabriel Byrne and um, no, I've forgotten the uh, Pete Peters actor. But uh, oh, Alex Wolf. Uh, Alex Wolf. Alex so Wolf. they yeah. had prior to this worked together as portraying father and son in a, a believe a television series. Mm. Um, mm. So they knew each other specifically from that in those same roles. Uh, whereas yeah. um, Alex Wolf and Charlie's uh, actress uh, went to the same acting high school together. Ah, okay. Mm. Or academy or okay. whatever it is. So they yeah. all had a bond specifically. Um, outside of this, which Tony Collette did not have um, mm. with with any of them, uh, mm. and additionally, uh, for just for their roles, the the two children 
had spent hours outside of filming um uh, i think believe going to a restaurant and uh where uh, peter had to order mm. food for his sister um mm. and and also take her shopping and get her things without her ever talking to him um, yeah. just so they're just doing a lot of method acting for these roles so that comes mm. through you you you're never your belief is never suspended in what these characters are being presented to you as uh, right and that that yeah it yeah. helps with the gravity of the situation and understanding exactly what each of these characters are are, are experiencing um maybe not agreeing mm. with what they're doing because they do a lot of things that just aren't good ways to deal with stuff yeah but mm. but that's part and parcel <laughs> of like why there's a problem in the first place yeah, agreed Oh, uh, but Dave, I did want to uh, to mention that I think this movie would have lost a little, um, little something if it had been uh, called hereditary subtitle characters doing things that you don't agree with. <laughs> um, <laughs> hereditary, why you be doing that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yes. Cut to any wailing like I've never heard in a movie and cut to uh, Charlie's decapitated, smashed in head, covered yeah. in head. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, it, which uh, incidentally, uh, almost exactly mirrors uh, Peter's head position as he lays in bed because it mm. is a, a hard cut to Charlie's head. Um, and that, uh, viewers, uh, viewers, viewers, listeners uh, (laughs) you might be looking at something you might just be lovingly staring at pictures of us while you listen Uh, god i um, hope not (laughs) (laughs) where'd you get these pictures is uh uh uh, is is that the hereditary that scene uh that Mm. is the yeah it, it, it will either be the scene that uh locks you into the movie or or makes you completely okay with putting this movie away and never dealing with it yeah. again. Yeah, I've never felt so much anxiety watching a film before. <laughs> and it's really weird because this, for me, um, I was expecting... It, it, it's uh, it's foreshadowed like as yes. the yeah. scene is progressing. You, you know what you're getting into as mm-hmm. this is happening. You're not... It's not mm-hmm. out of left field. You're not... It's not a jump scare you're like probably don't please don't. yep they're gonna do it yep that's just that's what yep. this is um so they doubled down on that bit of horror but yeah. uh yeah. what bothered me more than this was the um uh tony Clutch deconstruction slash reconstruction of the events yeah that was yeah. harder to look at than the the you know the prosthetic head yes yeah which was um, to be fair pretty good uh, yeah no it, 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 science, it, it was it was science seal of approval yes no it's, it's well done <laughs> but um as we mentioned yeah uh, her her com- compartmentalizing trauma um yeah. she she recreates the the car um the transformer pole and her daughter's severed head um in miniature mm. yes saying that she's dealing with it 
Yeah. She's not dealing with it. Um, her husband no. her husband calls her out on this and specifically says, "Do you know? D- do not let Peter see this. Oh God! Yeah. If you want, if, <laughs> if you want to break somebody <laughs> uh, yeah. and torture somebody, you do this thing and show them. Like that's yes. the level of like not understanding how to deal mm. with grief. Uh, to which she responds, "This isn't about him. This is simply a neutral view of the accident." Yeah, Which and is... that's the most no. <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is then immediately followed by the most uncomfortable dinner sequence I've I've seen in a really long time. Mm. Um, um, where everybody's eating. Uh, Stephen has cooked dinner. Uh, it, this is this is post accident, post burial. Um, funny enough, it actually took me oh, a couple of scenes to determine whether or not um, mm. they realized that it it was Peter, um, uh, because <laughs> they don't actually ever address that. Um, mm. Whether the I I did I spent a couple of scenes wondering if they were if they thought that that Charlie had been murdered and placed in the car, but no, it's just no. That, they knew exactly what happened. Yeah, <laughs> they knew exactly what happened. It's just that this family is so fundamentally broken that they they can't even deal with 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 this like well, directly. They're dealing with it the exact same way that peter himself is dealing with it just by pretending yes. it didn't happen right um sort and of it, and yeah sort of, kind of. <laughs> it should should also be uh be noted that um uh annie annie finally grieves um she doesn't grieve for her mother she is does not seem all that sad that her mother has passed she actually goes to a meeting earlier in the movie and talks about her mother having uh dissociative identity disorder her father uh was a uh, uh, schizophrenic depressive, I believe she says, and starved mm. himself to death. Um, yeah. And that her older brother uh, hanged himself, claiming that uh, his mother was trying to put people inside him. Put a check yeah. mark on that as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that, is- that whole meeting, um, mm-hmm. when, when you're watching someone, you know, it's, it's a grief council, like it's an open, kind of an open forum where it's just being held in like yeah. a little community center and uh so she she's reluctantly going there but she understands that she does need to deal with these things so she's not like yeah. that utterly removed from reality um mm-hmm. her just her personal coping mechanisms are are flawed but uh she goes there and she's unburdening herself of the the acknowledgement of the death of her mother that's that's the intent mm-hmm. of uh the the group you know yes. to, to deal with death and to kind of put things out in the open and have a support group mm-hmm. and then she proceeds to unburden like her entire history and to and <laughs> showing us uh it, it's not as bad for us because we're no. re- remote viewing this um this film uh <laughs> and the death of her mother her mother's existence is so in you know inextricably entwined in her formation of herself like her her identity is tied completely to her mother's existence and the Mm. things that she says she's removed from but is not 
but through the things that she says to this group, probably traumatizing these other people because yes. <laughs> nothing of what she says is should be like it's not public dirty laundry. This needs to be told to like a psychiatrist. Yes, yeah. something yeah. like in a closed setting and not just you can't support the things that she said there's like not a way no. for these people who are for one dealing with their own things to support any of what she's burdening them with right know? and that, and that, yeah. that that's our really our first indication of uh when she lets the floodwaters go there's all you know everything's gonna come out yeah yeah and to to detrimental effect to not only herself this is not beneficial to her really um but to other people as well I think because her grasp on what um, is proper or is healthy is um, skewed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with a mother like her. <laughs> that, um, yeah, that, like, as we as we mentioned, this, this is a family drama at, at its heart. Yeah. Really. Um, it's, the, it's the hereditary issue of yeah. not dealing with things properly. <laughs> yes. And, and I think it was that moment where I realized, like, kind of, the extent and and you know the other people realize the extent of what she's supposed to be dealing with mm -hmm. because it's it, it all seems sort of superficial her her disdain for her mother um you know we yeah. don't we don't get a picture of it until she tells us specifically hey all these things happened uh and um the the hard part is is her not she's she understands they happened but doesn't understand the effect that they brought about. Right. Mm, yeah. She's like, oh yeah, all this stuff happened, but don't worry about it, I'm fine. Yeah, Like, exactly. there's nothing wrong with me with other stuff that has a problem. Okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's worth pointing out that uh, when she, she leaves to go to the meeting, she lies to her husband and tells him that she's going to a movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, she doesn't want to acknowledge that she's not capable, right? Mm. To, to you know, she doesn't want to acknowledge a weakness in front of her husband, and alternatively, her husband's not doing her well. I mean, I guess he's his heart is sort of in the right place when he's letting her know mm. that someone um uh, has disturbed the grave of dear old grandma. Actually, he doesn't let her know. He just says mm. that the the no no that's, that's what I'm saying. Oh, he's oh yes. he's. Yeah. He thinks he's doing her a kindness by not saying, "Hey, someone stole your mom's corpse." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which also, which once again is um, uh, the extent to the desecration isn't made clear until no. much yeah. later in the film. Yeah. However, <laughs> however, um, even before Charlie, uh, uh, Charlie's unfortunate accident, um, yeah, somebody just steals her mother's dead body. And then that's yeah. just the thing that's happening that in this movie uh, <laughs> as well. Um, it's but, it's mentioned so offhandly that yes. it's you wonder does it even mean anything? Like you're just okay, sure. Yeah, I mean I, everything everything's already kind of like not right at that point, right. and you're just like, well, I, just chalk that up on the board because something else is funky. I forgot about the the. And uh, the, the the desecration until it comes up later. Oh well, in, they put it in, in the first the first fifteen minutes. Um, right. Yeah. As with as with Charlie's death that early on, you're just the movie is you can't even say it's front loaded. 
because nothing it does not stop it just keeps getting worse <laughs> yes so this uh this is a film that benefits from multiple viewings um oh yeah setting aside the difficulty of doing such a herculean task uh to uh, to 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 draw upon mr heracles one more time mm. uh yeah there's just wow. a lot going on and, I, and i've had a little bit of discussion um off the podcast with uh other people that i've uh they really had watched it they had already seen it but they watched it again mm. uh, because i let them know i yeah. was covering it and um they brought up a few good points, which I've tried to integrate into the flow of the conversation as it is. But yeah, um, this yeah. is a film that I think you can get, uh, you can draw multiple conclusions from, but they all sort of are just another mm. piece of the same puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so where were so we? We're, <laughs> we were at the a really uncomfortable dinner sequence yes. where nobody's talking, uh, post Charlie Death. Um, Peter, uh, uh, since Stephen made dinner, and 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 Peter and Stephen are buddy buddy because it's dad and son. Uh, Peter's like, oh, dinner's good, dad, and Annie snickers, and Peter asks if she has anything that she wants to say, and Annie, very passively aggressively, says, oh, "Why would I want to say anything? I don't have anything to say." Um, <laughs> Uh, and eventually it leads to uh, uh, to Annie uh, standing up and screaming at Peter um, mm. in 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 a way that is um, so uncomfortable because it is it is co- completely real. It, it's yeah. it, it's yeah. realistic. A lot of the horror and discomfort of Hereditary comes from its realistic familiarity to uh to 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 everyday life um Mm, mm. you you strip you strip the supernatural elements out of this movie it is a it is a drama about a family falling apart and it is played that way um it is Mm. it is the 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 family pathos is played completely straight and it's really really uncomfortable um one of the points that Annie makes uh during her 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 scream um is god if only we could have done something with this with Char- mm. with Charlie's death if it could have brought us together but it couldn't even do that um she's uh and uh eventually she she settles and sits and mumbles to herself only for peter to reply uh that charlie didn't want to go to the party which she didn't mm. so why was she there thus well it's just turning into the blame game because she right she yeah. calls peter out saying that his you know it's, it's clearly his fault that he he basically killed his sister and then he's just tossing that back in her face saying that she shouldn't have been in there in the first place because you insisted that she go to a thing that no one wanted her to go to or shouldn't have yeah. been at in the first place because you knew it was a high school party that's going to involve drinking and etc. Right. But you know that's that's they're just hammering home the failure of both their parts mm. as brother and mother. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or son, um, son and mother at this point. Yes. Um. Any attempts to go to the uh, grief meeting again, 
once mm-hmm. again telling Steven that she's going to the movies. Um, uh, pulls up, sits in her car for a while, and then uh, attempts to drive away and is, uh, this is where we're introduced to Joe. Um, mm-hmm. Cameron, do you want to talk about Joan a little? She's she's your lovely sort of uh, slightly older white suburban mothery figure. You know, she remembers Annie from that last meeting a month or two back mm-hmm. uh, when she went on and on about how horrible her dead mother was. Um, <laughs> and she's like, you know, why don't you come in? Surely, I mean, it's difficult, but you must be doing better. It's like, no, no, things are very bad. <laughs> Yes. I was just I just forgot something, I gotta go. Um and you know, uh she eventually earns the confidence of Joan and although um doesn't get Joan to attend this uh Joan Joan eventually earns the confidence of Annie Brain, thanks for messing those up. Um <laughs> and although Joan can't convince her to attend this particular meeting, does give her her number. Uh, you know, just in case you need someone to talk to because uh Joan herself knows the loss of a child, her son and her grandson apparently both drowned earlier um four months ago i think she said something like that yeah yeah and so you you know they bond over that thing of we're both mothers who've gone through something absolutely awful um (laughs) and you know she she becomes sort of a dependable friend for annie and you know like at this point in the film i was like maybe this is a good thing i know this is a horror film so this is almost definitely not a good thing but it's almost something healthy like you know having someone you can talk to about something who you know understands your experience etc etc um turns out to be less than healthy in the end of course had this been (laughs) any other movie or a regular drama this would have been a helpful thing yeah oh yeah if this is a regular family drama this would be like the turning point where things get better and the family slowly knits itself back together no Mm, no she's been Um, she's been rosemary's babied yeah yeah um sort of you know, this, yeah kind of this friendship develops and uh this is where we start getting into the, sort of the more supernatural side of things because joan is spirit medium or at least knows the spirit medium that made her a spirit medium as well um because <laughs> you know annie meets her in a parking lot and it's like oh how are you doing joan and joe's like i'm doing wonderful i did the most wonderful thing come with me i have to show you this thing and does an open seance in her apartment for annie contacting her grandson um and you know obviously annie's very skeptical as you should be in any situation where someone says i spoke to someone who's been dead for you know months and months and months and they were there they were really there i heard their voice um but honestly it seems like a very genuine science throughout the film um this again we have that ambiguity where we're not sure if this is like the processing of someone going through like the little housing and like this is how we process and deal with this part of the grieving process that are, or if this is actually happening but that's the big question of the film i guess right uh, but it seems very real in how it's presented uh they do a seance you know like john what is this kid johnny is um, so, I, oh i don't remember i guess it's not important in the grand scheme of things um uh, but effectively, it doesn't say on like a glass moves around on its own. A piece of chalk writes on a chalkboard on its own and writes, "I love you, Grandma." Uh, mm-hmm. I love you, Grand. Grandma. <laughs> um, um, and Annie definitely seems to feel something like in terms of physical, atmospheric presence, and so like she gets her eyes darting around. She's reacting to stimuli in the environment, even though it's you know a darkened room with nothing but a candle. 
and she freaks out and she has to leave because she's having awful anxiety as i would too in that mm. case to be honest um and joan sort of presses the candle and this page of notes into her hand says try it for yourself it's the best thing ever you just need something to link you to your dead daughter yep. mine <laughs> you'll was feel so much board. better yeah mine was a chalkboard yours can be uh whatever well, you know a picture diary for example yeah <laughs> oh yes because charlie likes to draw um mm. Yeah, uh, which is Um, I I I do really like that when Joan hands Annie. Oh, uh, one thing to note that previously, uh, there Mm. is a shot of the Grams' uh uh, mail slot in their door with mail sticking in, and Uh, someone slides an open seance uh pamphlet in in there. Um, but yes, after Joan gives her gives Annie the page, Annie says, "What." What, what even language is this? And Joe's like, oh, I don't know. Just say the words. You just have to say the words. <laughs> but you have to make sure that everyone's in the house. And I'm just like, yeah. that was that was my red well, my red flag was that and and the first time that Annie goes to Joan's apartment when she mm. has the uh the tea, and I'm like, mm, drug tea, <laughs> huh? Well, that and the uh they they, they take pains to point out the uh, welcome mat as well yes yes yeah. Uh, oh yeah my mother used to used to crochet that looks suspiciously like, like my mother's welcome mats that she made for her <laughs> friends uh, uh, i yeah. also really i also really like jones super quick dismissal of huh that's funny moving on not gonna focus <laughs> on that anymore um uh, which is is really really great um so uh, don't don't look at my little pendant that everyone has yeah <laughs> yeah uh, uh, so uh well yeah so um and goes home uh and he's in bed uh, uh at least for for this scene after charlie's death Annie has taken to sleeping in the treehouse uh with mm-hmm. a bunch of he- heaters uh yeah. which is uh creates one of the uh one of the most unsettling effects in the film <laughs> where the window in the treehouse just starts blaring blood red yeah. light yeah. out of it portal um, to hell in a treehouse it's it's really great <laughs> because the first time it happens you're like what's that and then it just cuts and it's just annie sleeping there and you're like oh okay it's just a but space heater it's okay yeah but yeah. man huh. is that is that like an off off-putting like Im- image the first time you see it without any explanation of oh like, yeah oh is this oh, that's... where the haunting starts <laughs> that's like the whole movie <laughs> yeah. yeah my my brain passed it really weirdly because like you first see it like peter's looking out through his window and mm-hmm. my brain passed it as like red writing in the reflection on the window i was like what does that say like zoom in on my phone i can't see what it says i'm like <laughs> oh wait no i'm an idiot it's the treehouse <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, Annie has a uh, Annie wakes up. Uh, there are ants crawling on her pillow. Uh, mm-hmm. She follows a trail of ants uh, to into Peter's room, in which Peter is. Uh, 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 she discovers Peter's face covered in ants and ants pouring out of his mouth, only to uh, realize that she has been sleepwalking. Uh, Annie mm-hmm. sleepwalks. Uh, she mentions it earlier. Uh, yeah. She actually mentions it first with Joan uh, that the mm. last time that she uh, uh, that she experienced the bout of sleepwalking, uh, she woke up 
uh, with Peter, uh, Charlie, and herself covered in paint thinner while she desperately tried to light a match. Uh, yeah. Hey, yeah, that's... put a check, put a check, put a, put a check on that. Put a check on that because that's also super important. Yeah, well, you think, you think that manner. would be a little <laughs> more uh, acknowledge? So if you can have issues and don't even mm. acknowledge the part where you're going to murder your children and sacrifice yourself. Um... <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, you're perfectly well balanced and healthy. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. I was and, just sleepwalking. And... Yeah, and and Annie attributes this as the incident that really broke her relationship with with Peter. Mm. Um, yeah, it's because... the lightsaber moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, Annie actually says that she woke herself up lighting the match. Um, mm. And she's like, course, "I put, put I put it, it out. out. I put it out real quick." But, um, Peter also woke up and watched her about to set him on fire. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, healthy for everybody so, right so uh, Annie wakes up apparently she's been sleepwalking again uh, Peter's mm. awake there's a really uncomfortable scene where Annie describes how she never wanted to be Peter's mother she didn't feel ready for a mother to be a mother uh, mm. and that she desperately tried to have a miscarriage by doing everything yeah. that you're not supposed <laughs> yeah, to do yeah, everything <laughs> yeah literally says mm. i did everything that i would they tell you not to do uh, <laughs> and, but it didn't work i'm glad it didn't work which is really mm. like so thanks uh, for yeah. trying to kill me mom again yeah yeah, um, yeah. At, which devolves into like a crying screaming match that is uh like cross cuts uh shot mm. reverse shot between the two which eventually ends with peter soaked and annie soaked and then suddenly yeah. they're on fire and then annie wakes up and it's like okay that didn't happen but man that mm. i think that that nightmare was actually the closest that annie ever got to dealing with or acknowledging how she feels about her son yeah um, yeah um, Peter's not doing great. Um, he's, uh, he, 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 he's, uh, uh, there's a scene of him smoking, uh, weed with his idiot high school friends who talk about mm -hmm. nothing in the most realistic high school kids talking about nothing dialogue that I've heard in a really long time. Yeah. Um, he, uh, his throat, he, he, he starts to experience the, the symptoms of anaphylactic shock. Um, mm. He's not sleeping well. Uh, every uh, he doesn't feel like he can trust his mother. His father's trying to hold the family together as best he can, uh, but he's kind of like a weird non-entity because he's uh, an outsider from this yeah. this this re like familial relationship. So he doesn't have any. He seemingly doesn't really have any power over anything mm. um uh throughout the film annie's uh annie's been uh prepping her her little miniature scenes for for a gallery showing mm. and throughout the film she's been receiving calls and letters 
the gallery. Like, hey, Henny, how you doing? How's the progress going on thing? We'd really like to see some pictures of what you got so far. And then after Charlie dies, it's it's a more of that, but in the, we're just worried about you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, until we'll send pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, until it's too late and uh, um, uh, any cracks and destroys everything all of mm. her work yeah um and uh steven comes in sees that everything's destroyed like at the beginning of the film it's six months out and who knows how many months have passed uh yeah uh, there's there's three months before the showing i believe okay mm -hmm. and yes at three months before the show destroyed all of her work and she says that she just didn't want to look at it anymore yeah. Um, yeah and that's a of course obviously a double meaning it's not yes it's not it's not the things that she's building but the things that she's done or yes. yeah yeah experienced it's just she's beyond uh trying to repair her life at this point i think yeah mm. um uh, Peter's uh, uh, hearing. Uh... Oh, anyway, after the nightmare, <laughs> I should. I should. Uh, they perform a. They the Grams perform a seance. Uh, Yay! Uh, um, <laughs> this really. This is the tricky yes. part because um, Annie did the the crux of the ritual off camera. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So she whatever she's read and whatever she's done uh because of the language in it um mm. i think that it's too strong and would tip off the viewer like what yeah. what it's, it's the last hidden card in the deck of cards that we're we're looking at here for the end of the mm. film um yeah because of i think what she had to say to set this ritual off they mm. couldn't couldn't include it. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's actually really interesting because uh, in the scene where Joan gives her the paper, Joan's actually ADR'd um, right at the end uh, when she says everyone needs to be in the house. Joan actually yeah. says everyone needs to be in the room. So I think that mm. they originally shot that scene and that it didn't work and that they had to have Annie read it off camera. Yeah, mm. because yeah. Uh, at uh, at that oh my goodness, <laughs> podcast kitty, podcast kitty loves hey, heredity podcast too. Kitty, yeah, she she had a great time watching. The, she did actually watch it with me, to be fair. So I guess that's her <laughs> comment on the film. Um, thanks, thanks. I'll let you um, out after we're done. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, uh, and there is also a a uh, a, a well placed but uh, noticeable cut during the seance where Annie backs into the camera and we get that like moment of like pitch black because the, her, her, her night night shirt is covering the camera. Mm. And when she steps away, it is clearly a different take. So that entire se sequence is, is kind of spliced together. Yeah. So that's probably something that just didn't work, but uh, Annie summons something that, might be Charlie. It's it's 
given given the way this movie is, it's really hard to determine whether it's Charlie or it's some not, other. I don't. Movie. I don't believe that it was Charlie. I neither. Yeah. Yes, neither. I also I, don't uh, think that that was her the, uh, Jones grandchild. If indeed oh, she yes. ever, no, if, no, I don't no. even think she may have not even had a grandchild. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because surprise, she's a witch. Um, <laughs> Everyone switches. She's not a witch. I, she's just what? a cultist. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Uh. uh Annie is possessed by something that terrifies Peter. Um. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and causes. Um, it. Um. This is 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 actually the only thing in the movie that made me laugh. Um, causes Steven to run, grab a pitcher of water, and throw it in <laughs> Annie's face. Um, to which she says, what are you doing? Um, um, I, I, it, it is the only, only ray of light in this movie for me, because I am a very big fan of, of, of hysterical people having water thrown in their face to snap it out of snap them mm. out of it mm. um uh, uh peter's traumatized <laughs> uh peter's traumatized uh steven's really angry at annie um this is when uh characters start uh commenting on the smell yeah um, yeah <laughs> uh and uh, uh at this point uh annie uh here scribbling one night coming from Charlie's room and uh discovers that the notepad is being filled up with uh um pictures of Peter with his eyes crossed out xed out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah. tries to go to Joan's apartment uh Joan is not there they cut to the interior of her apartment where surprise surprise Joan's a witch <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, and she's specifically got like a collection of things Charlie made mm. on just on a table in her apartment, which um, yeah, cool, great, wonderful. <laughs> uh, Annie, Annie once again notices the Jones uh, placemat, and uh, uh, races home, uh, goes to her workshop and opens a box full of her mother's possessions, which she had opened at the beginning of the film. Um, mm-hmm. And found a note from her mother stating something along the, I'm sorry, my dearest Annie, blah, blah, blah. I have all the pain you will suffer, you will suffer, uh, which is, <laughs> once again, they like mm-hmm. put a check mm-hmm. in that. But it'll all be worth it in the end. Um, <laughs> uh, she finds uh, a, a book on spiritualism uh, and and flips to a page and they they this is our introduction to uh king paimon yeah because you gotta you gotta have a king paimon in your um, cult activities apparently you know i appreciate the director has said that that he didn't want it to be satan because satan's uh, played out and uh, overplayed and and tired uh so he went with king paimon god of mischief uh, give me a second. Let me clear my throat because I actually transcribed some of that book uh, in my notes. Uh, let's see. King Paimon, God of Mischief. When su- uh, successfully invoked, King Paimon will possess the most vulnerable host. 
Only when the ritual is complete will King Paimon be locked into his ordained host. Once locked in, a new ritual is required to unlock the possession. Mm. And uh, near the bottom of the uh, of the page on King Paimon, uh, there is a specific sentence that is highlighted. Um, but I will read a little before that, which is, it is documented that King Paimon has become livid and vengeful when offered a female host. For the for for uh, this reason, it is imperative to remember that King Paimon is a male, thus covetous of a male body. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Annie opens her mother's uh, memories photo book, and surprise, surprise. And it, it was there the entire time. Uh, <laughs> pictures of cult, and I, I, I kind of really love how banal and like uninteresting, mm. like the earlier pictures are. Like it's yeah. it, uh, surprise. Uh, Joan knew Annie's mother. Uh, there's a picture, plenty of pictures with them together. There's a picture of of Joan and. And Annie's mother at what must be a cultist meeting with a tray of cookies, yeah. um, um, which I I kind of like adore. Um, mm. And then ending with 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 Annie's mother in full bridal gown, being showered with gold coins and looking like the happiest grand that's ever been. They're um, making it rain. It's actually oh, yeah. really funny. It is the it is uh, uh, the pictures of Annie of of Annie's mother Ellen um, with the the cult members are the only times that you ever see her smile in the film. Mm, the only time yeah. you ever see pictures of her smiling. Um, yeah, <laughs> everything else is very austere. Yes, very. Um, and <laughs> so, yes, so. Um, it, I kind of really love this sequence um, because mm. it's it's if only Annie had found a healthy way of dealing with with the trauma and her mom, she would have known about this like mm. immediately. But yeah. she was she she couldn't stand anything having to do with her mother so much that that literally a cardboard box next to the space that she spent the majority of her time um, that was just like, hey, surprise, we're gonna sacrifice you to summon the eighth lord of hell, the fifth lord of hell, is just sitting there and, (laughs) yeah, uh, right next to her the entire time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Dave, do you want to want to wrap up uh, uh, the the summary? Because I always get way into the weeds. Uh, no problem, and I will interject with a lengthy discourse on Paymon instead. Because yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I spent the time yeah. to look up a bunch of books and um, get some specific examples. Um, let's see. So, this first one is an entry from the Pseudo-Monarchia Demonium Illustrated English Translation. Um, this was by Johann Weyer. And the entry on Paymon. Haman obeys Lucifer more than other kings. Lucifer is here to be understood. He who was always submerged in the depths of his knowledge wanted to be similar to God. Okay, that's not super important. Um, about whom is said regarding Paimon. Uh, all precious gems cover you. 
Payment is summoned by Divine Virtue to stand in front of the exorcist, where he takes the image of a man sitting on a dromedary, which is a, a camel, and wearing a brilliant crown, and has a feminine face. So all of these things are, aside from the dromedary, um, appear mm. uh, within the film. That um, um, the, the, Isn't he riding on a camel in one of the illustrations? He, he yes. is, um, just not specifically I guess yeah. when he appears. They don't <laughs> at the end yeah <laughs> in the treehouse in the, yeah he doesn't appear the camera just wasn't gonna fit in there um and then uh he basically will uh clearly and open openly answer questions re regarding the entire philosophy uh and foreseeing or so foresight science other mm -hmm. and other secrets yeah, if you would like to know the dispositions of the world and the nature of the earth and what is held under the water or any other thing and what is the abyss and where is the wind from, um, he will teach you abundantly. Um, there was another one. The, the rest of that entry is not, not, as, not as valid. Yeah. Uh, now we have another one from the Lesser Key of Solomon. The, in particular, the Shemham Porash um, chapter. And this was by, or compiled by uh, McGregor Mathers and Alistair Crowley in 1904. Uh, it mm -hmm. also includes a little image of Paimon's uh, sigil, which uh, mm -hmm. is what they've used not only um, in the ritual, it's been painted on uh, in the attic, which we'll get to shortly um, in the film. Yeah. Uh, but it is also what the um, the cult members uh, wear as pendants. Um, yes, and that that yeah. is um, directly uh, related to his invocation. So the entry states: the ninth spirit in this order is Paimon, a great king and very obedient unto Lucifer. He appeareth in the form of a man sitting upon a dromedary with a crown most glorious on his head. There goeth before him also a host of spirits, like men with trumpets and will-sounding will cymbals, and all other sorts of musical instruments. He hath a great voice, and roareth at his first coming, and his speech is such that the magician cannot well understand unless he can compel him. Um, as an aside, one of the other uh, grimoires um, indicates that uh, Paimon speaks in his original language, and you have to specifically tell ah. him to speak in yours. Uh, but you, you 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 can you can um, command him to do so, and he will then yeah. speak in, in your tongue. Um, this <laughs> spirit can teach all arts and sciences and other secret things. Um, this continues to on to to talk about that he basically can just tell you all about whatever you want to know. Um, mm -hmm. He giveth good familiars, and and as such can teach all arts. He is to be observed toward the west, but when he's summoned, I believe it needs to be from the north. Uh, uh, if now if thou callest the spirit payment alone, then thou must make some offering, and there will attend him two kings, Labal and Abalim. Um, so that's if you're not part of a larger group, um, mm. or if you're calling him by himself, uh, he'll mm, still yeah. he'll be attended by by two other kings, um, and all of these spirits will be subject to. Uh, his character is this, which is indicating the. Um, the, the the sigil and which must mm. be worn as a lamen which is a pendant uh, before the so you mm. have to have that that pendant is is part and parcel of the ritual if you don't have that you're unable to uh, summon him successfully yeah yeah 
and then there's a few notes that I've taken from the Book of Sacred Magic of Abramelin um, the Mage, uh, also translated by McGregor Meggers. Uh, these are the orders that you're able to get from Paimon, like the things that mm. he's able to provide. Um, ah. He's able to cause any spirit to appear, to take any form, such as a man, animal, bird, etc. Um, th there's a fifteen, fifteen different things he can do, and mm. I've highlighted just <laughs> four of them because these appear in the film in one way or another. Um, yeah, he can. He also has the power to cause a dead body to revive, and to perform mm. all the functions which a living person would do, and during this space of seven years by means of the spirits. <laughs> So that also um, directly mm -hmm. uh, impacts the film. Yeah. Uh, he is also able to fly in the air and travel any weather. He can just kind of go where he wants, but he can fly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Again, yeah. we see that happen. Um, yep. <laughs> terrifyingly so. Uh, then the uh, Paimon is also frequently written Paimon and sometimes Paimonia, probably from the Hebrew Pom a tinkling sound or small bell. Uh, and this is um, derived from the Hebrew to agitate, impel, or strike forward. Um, he's also linked with uh, the name Azazel, um, mm. which was used <laughs> in, apparently in Leviticus, uh, uh, which is derived from Oz, a goat, and Azel to go away. So a scapegoat. Um, which is slightly interesting, but less um, relevant. Mm. Then there are... Yeah. A note from the Book of Ceremonial Magic by Arthur Edward Waite in 1913. This is uh, a chapter concerning the forms of infernal spirits in their manifestations. Um, the majority of grimoires leave it to be inferred from their silence that they come in human shape, possibly in a neat surcoat and snow-white linen. Uh, another of the books also dictates that um, the practitioners of these summoning rituals do need to be um, clad in only linen, mm. um, preferably in a priest's garb, because that garb is indicative of their position um, to to others as well as to the demons. You can't mistake them from just a, a, a lay person yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to do these rituals. It gives you a, like a a position of power that you wouldn't have if you were just wearing a general robe. I'm I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. um, then it says, uh, oh, um, according to the Grimorium Verum, the spirits do not invariably manifest under the same forms, and we have some surprising specimens of their mutations in the earlier texts. Uh, it's just describing why their appearance may, <laughs> may not line up with um, one of the other uh, Grimoires. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a spirit and being disengaged from all matter, they must, they must of necessity borrow a body in order to appear before us. And then they assume any shape and figure which seems good to them. Um, beware, however, lest they affright thee. You can also, <laughs> in, you can also entreat them, these demons or kings, uh, to appear in a more pleasing shape. Um, mm. So they don't have to just be spooky. Uh, you can change that by request. But the fact that they are... Um, bodiless just energy uh mm. and needing to so you can summon it but you need something to host the thing you're summoning right yeah um yeah the film doubles down on that 
uh, a little yeah. bit. And we also uh, are given to understand, or at least this clarifies specifically, um, that both uh, Charlie and Peter uh, have, throughout the course of the film, um, encountered Paimon in, in mm. one form or another, as specifically as a sort of blue energy wave that um, the viewer is lent to believe could just be a figment of their imagination. It's not given, like, yeah. specific credence. Uh, however, based on these books, that is specifically, that's payment um, yes. in, in his energy form. Um, those are the long and short of the, the bits that I dug up. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, the one last thing uh, that I, I, I wanted to bring up uh, uh, regarding Paymon is uh, in the uh, illustration of Paymon in the film, he is also carrying the heads of three women as he mm. sits on the camel. Uh, yeah. Put, put a check on that. Um, <laughs> and, you, and looking at his, I don't know the specific um, meaning of his, of his sigil. But mm-hmm. you could read into it that because yeah. it looks like four figures holding three something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, another thing that I I, I I thought that I only just noticed after my third viewing last night is the <laughs> uh, the the uh, the crochet doormats. Um, Charlie specifically has two mark sigils of payment on it. Um, mm. Just, just there, not hidden, not not <laughs> subtle. Um, so Annie's horrified. Uh, so what does she do? She uh, uh, runs into the attic for some reason. Um, yeah, investigate her... further. Yeah, find all the uh, secrets. Yeah, right. Um, uh, she pulls the the attic ladder down. I, uh, immediately, a swarm of flies uh, hit her, <laughs> and of course, the spell that has recently come into play starts being a thing. And she climbs up and um, investigates the attic and discovers her mother's decaying body mm. that's also been decapitated, yeah. and and yeah. the mark of payment written presumably in blood. Yeah, on the roof yeah. of their house, and she has a candle lit between her feet, as well. Yeah, yes. Someone's maintaining uh, this. <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, uh. Uh. We forgot to mention that earlier. Annie tried to burn the uh, her connection to air, big air quotes Charlie, only for hers her her clothing to catch on fire, with mm, the realization yeah. that if I burn this book, I'll go with it too. Um. Mm. Meanwhile. Uh, Peter's uh, at school having a having a bad time as he has mm-hmm. been for like the last uh, three and a half months. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, it appears to be lunch. Um, he's sitting outside at a at a at a lunch table, and someone starts screaming his name. Uh, and surprise, it's Joan. And Joan. <laughs> Is standing across a uh, street, screaming into a school. Peter, <laughs> I revoke you. She uh, she says a a a couple of mystical words, and then tells him to get out. Um, 
Uh, yeah, Peter yeah. can't believe that no one else but him can hear this, but <laughs> it's magic, so it gets a pass. Um, mm. And then later in, in, <coughs> in class, ironically, the uh, um, the literature class that was talking yeah. about the tragedy of Heracles um, mm. in almost a a, a um, uh, um, it's not a shot for shot, but it's very evocative mm-hmm. of Peter's first appearance. Now he is not looking at his his lady fair's uh, posterior. He's just looking at the floor. <laughs> um, he looks up and he sees the rear view mirror of the car with Charlie's dead yeah, body in it. Yeah. Um. And uh, is is afflicted with something. Uh, slams his face into his table <laughs> twice, breaking his nose, oh. and yes, waking yeah. him up. Um, um, and... Also, here, just one thing. He, yes. His right arm wrenches up, and his hand makes a pointing gesture. And uh, at one point in the film, there is this very brief image of uh, something in one of the spiritualism books that says, Riches to the Conjurer, and it's an image of presumably Payment holding a staff with a hand in that exact same gesture on the top. Ah, uh, presumably pointing west or something like that. Something significant. It's really creepy. It's like he's being yanked up by the arm. At yes, first I thought it was like a hanging gesture almost. Yes, the <laughs> the northwest probably. Yeah, yeah, true. Yes, yanked up by uh, his right arm and and also the specifically the right side of his face is all mm. also wrenched up um uh yes he 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 breaks his nose um <laughs> and and it, it really um once again some really fantastic acting from alex wolf in the sequence um because he has the reaction that a person who has been possessed by uh <laughs> big air quotes someone who has been possessed by an evil spirit who was forced to break their <laughs> nose would probably have which is of of extreme shock and horrified dismay. Um, yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. As a side note, uh, one of the special features for the film—that's that's spooky. Um, one of the the <laughs> special features for the film has um, uh, Alex talking, or the director, I think. One of one of them, the cast members, were talking about his performance in that particular scene and his devotion to the strange school of method acting was uh, alex mm-hmm. was insistent that he um he's like i'm just gonna break my own nose for this scene he's like i'm oh, gonna do God. it and the director said no <laughs> he said no he can't do it <laughs> but um he, he was he wanted to get that to that level of mm. acting like to, he's like i'm just gonna i'm gonna do it so then nothing looks fake yeah and they said no <laughs> thankfully so <laughs> yeah yeah i'm glad he didn't you know, potentially permanently harm himself for his art, but it, it was realistic enough, I think. It was yes. pretty well done. It's like, don't don't worry, guys, I'm actually going to summon payment and we'll make this movie work. <laughs> right. This film has to be accurate. <laughs> Get me real cultists. Um, uh, the uh, uh, school calls Stephen uh, at his job, of which we have no idea what he does, um, mm. Except uh, sit at desks with Bluetooth uh, keyboards and drink scotch, apparently. Um, <laughs> uh, 
uh, the, he goes to pick Peter up. Um, uh, he's been drinking. Um, Peter's unconscious in the back of the car. Uh, Stephen almost runs a red light and gets into mm. a car accident. Very evocative of Peter's accident with Charlie. He breaks down a little, gets home, and he's shocked to find out that Peter has been injured because the school tried to call her, but she was uh, indisposed with the whole dead mother thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, they uh, put him to bed in... Uh, uh, I will also say this. Uh, it, it, I don't think it's funny, but it makes me smile. Uh, the actual realistic two people lugging an unconscious person. Um, yeah. <laughs> because it is, feet. yeah it is it is the it is the most realistic that i've ever seen that done because that is not i i i can only imagine that that is not an easy coordinated effort they uh mm. throw him in bed and then annie proceeds to tell steven um that i need you to go into the attic i just need you to see what i've seen um um Please, please, just believe me. Go into the attic. Uh, doesn't doesn't tell Stephen that that her mother's decapitated corpse is up there. Just says, please, please, I need you to see it. Um, while uh, while Stephen does that, she runs to the fireplace, lights the fire. You hear uh, Stephen scream off screen. Mm, yeah, uh, come down the <laughs> ladder and ask Annie. Annie, why didn't you call the police? <laughs> to which Annie says, the police can't help us. Um, I found all this occult shit in my mother's box. Mm. Um, and look, look, we have to burn the journal. We have to, we, it, but, but if we do, it'll take me too. And um, it, this is the only thing that I don't like in the movie. Uh, mm. Well, uh, is, is Peter, uh, not Peter, but Stevens. Uh, oh, it was you. You are the one that dug up the body, and I'm like, mm, no, because she was she was there when 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 you got the call that the the gravesite had been desecrated, and she didn't start doing her I'm going to the movie thing until after that happened. Yeah, I don't know. So, There's a lot of stressful stuff going on, and also it's about the only realistic conclusion because this is, this what, is fair. a bunch of cultists snuck into my house and buried my dead mother-in-law in my attic. <laughs> Yes, which is apparently the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, she's com trying to convince uh, Stephen to 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 burn the the journal because she's too scared. And Stephen goes to the fireplace slowly and is like, "You know, I I I'm not doing this with you anymore, Annie. I I can't, I can't do this." Mm. And and so Annie grabs the grabs the book. Covers it in lighter fluid, throws it into the fire fireplace, and Stephen goes up in flame. Yeah, because Paimon's the god of mischief. Um, yeah, I, I feel like this had purpose as well because there was that bit earlier where um, it needs to be a vulnerable person to be possessed, yes, right? And like, this is the fine like you apparently need to be very, very vulnerable because like this is the final shock that lets. Annie get possessed. Yes, is <laughs> seeing you know the love of her life. Her husband just suddenly go up in flames when she thought she was about to die and hopefully save him and her son. <laughs> mm. Yeah, which um, 
yeah, it's a, it's a really nice snap change in expression as well. I'm sure it was yes. hard to pull off because it goes from like horrifically distraught to just blank with the tiniest bit of a smile. Yes. <laughs> um, cut to a fantastic establishing shot of fantastic establishing shot throughout this movie. Um, <laughs> once again, if you if you love really measured, uh, thought out cinematography, this is a uh, the film for you. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the exterior of the house and surrounding wooded area, uh, hard cut to from day to night, uh, with the house surrounded by naked, naked cultists. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Uh, I, I actually, I actually missed it the first time. I didn't notice them the first mm. time with that transition. Uh, that's um, fine. I, I didn't notice something a little more easy to spot. So, um... <laughs> Because you know, oh. you know when when Peter wakes up and he's slowly getting up, and mm-hmm. in the back corner there's his his mother Annie's just up in the corner on the ceiling. Yep. I didn't notice that for like over a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy like watching. To be fair, really, really props to Alex Wolf. F- fantastic acting throughout the film, but especially in this last sequence. But yes. I was so so like riveted on what was going on with him that. I just didn't notice this slightly different shade of ceiling, and then I looked up like, yep. "Oh God, that's his mother." <laughs> oh, yep. oh, is that the new Tony Collette uh, uh, winter color that mm. you, you painted yeah. this one corner in, of the room? <laughs> uh, oh. And this this bit's great. I think my favorite yeah. thing is like the very sneaky swimming through the air moment. Yep, <laughs> um, like doggy paddling through the through the sky. <laughs> Yes, uh, Annie is 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 all is all exorcist up. She's mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. she's uh, clinging to to corners. Uh, Peter looks into the corner as Annie stealthily uh, wall runs on all fours out of the room completely silently. <laughs> uh, Peter is. Uh, 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 wandering the house, uh, uh, discovers his grandmother's uh, bedroom is is open. We didn't mention, but uh, before uh, Annie's mother went to hospice, uh, her they, she was staying with them, uh, which mm. probably added to the kind of sense of relief and indifference that the family had at her passing. Um, yeah, because once again, she was a terror. Peter uh, wanders around the house. Um, d- is is this? Do we hear the piano crash? Uh, I think so. And then the one thing that yeah. was utterly bothering me was he like wasn't turning any lights on, and it's, su- <laughs> yeah. it's, it's I like, would have turned every light on in that entire. It's house. super dark, and he's like going down the stairs, and like, dude, turn on a light. I mean, it was not going to help you, but turn on a light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um uh I only I only mentioned the piano because that super comes into play in yep, just yep. a couple of minutes. Uh Peter makes his way into the living room den area uh and finds his uh father's charred corpse. Yep. Um, Again, forensic science seal of approval. Very good charred corpse, guys. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten top top ten movie charred corpses. <laughs> only, only, only on Mojo. Um, <laughs> God, that's something I haven't thought about in a while. Thanks. <laughs> um, and uh, Peter hears a floorboard creak, 
and standing in uh, one of the darkened doorways is just a naked smiling man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This um, really weird. All of which, this shit. <laughs> uh, which eagle-eyed viewers may uh, recognize from the beginning of the fi- very beginning of the mm, film from as the funeral. From the funeral, who uh, smiled at Charlie. Um, mm, yeah. Um, Annie attacks a- 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 Annie Mon. No, no, that sounds too much like a Digimon. Um, uh, Annie attacks. Uh, possessed Annie attacks. Um, mm. uh, chases Peter. Um, it's it's super si- simple. There's no like. Telekinetically throwing vases or <laughs> swiping at him with claws. It's just her running after him. Uh, he runs up the conveniently now let do- down attic ladder. Um, mm, yeah. He, he had to pass it in order to get to the downstairs. The lights are off. Mm. Yeah. Um, the lights are off. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> um, no one, no one lowered that for you. <laughs> right. Climbs it, uh, shuts and locks the the attic uh, door, uh, w- in which Annie's banging on it. Uh, cut to Annie on the ceiling, repeatedly Jacob's ladder style, slamming her head into the attic mm. door. Yeah, um, while Peter like pleads for her to stop, which is yes. really really affecting. Yeah, like, he sounds so scared. Uh, and 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 it stops and mm. peter then realizes that uh that there are candles lit in the attic uh which is now draped in what i suspect is linen <laughs> um <laughs> uh, uh peter uh uh investigates the dark corner where his grandmother's corpse was when annie discovered it only to find an outline of her body nobody and yeah. a picture of Peter with his eyes uh, removed, poked out uh, in, yeah. the, in, the photo, yeah. in the photo. Um, a- apparently, that's uh, kind of an Oedipus reference, where yes. after that, he gouged his own eyes out and might have actually been tested early in the film and the audience went, that's a little much. Yes. Like, the idea being Peter would have gouged his own eyes out before jumping out the window. <laughs> Which yeah. we... <laughs> Well, given what he has to see, what he sees next, um, mm, yeah, he he walks back to the the center of the attic. Um, oh, it's also worth noting that the picture of Peter with his eyes gouged out was also on Joan's table uh, when Annie went back to her apartment for the final time. Mm. Um, uh, and um, I will describe it in uh, in in the way that the uh, Amazon. Uh, closed captioning describes <laughs> what happens next, which cool. is um, uh, flesh tearing and squelching. Um, <laughs> uh, Peter looks up, and Annie is just floating in the air with a piece of piano wire and mm. is proceeding to cut her own head off as she stares at Peter. Smiling. Um, She's smiling. Yes. This is the mm. worst. This was the part of the film that I, like, least liked like the idea yeah. of it is sound yes because it's effective mm. but i just did not want to see this part because that's it, fair. it it goes on way too long mm. camera lingers like, and not only is yeah. she's not going it's like 
and then she starts going faster. Like it's yeah, yeah. it's it's horrendous. Uh, yeah. And then so I guess and it's then, kind of the point. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> So <laughs> I was done too. And, I, I jumped out the window as well. <laughs> yes, uh, Peter looks the, uh, looks forward, um, see three naked cultists that just kind of twiddle their fingers at him, and then Whoa. he jumps out the window. Uh, um, yep, yep. <laughs> and then you continue to hear the the sawing noise, and then it stops, and then you hear a thud. Um, mm. And then you see a dark shadow pass over Peter and the the little chromatic ray of light that both Charlie and Peter saw throughout uh, throughout the film settles mm. on Peter's back and fuses with him. And Peter gets up and um, yeah. <laughs> looks towards the treehouse to mm. see see his mother's dead corpse Mary popping zing zing up <laughs> into the into the into the treehouse, uh, while uh, smiling naked naked cultists uh, line the pathway to the treehouse. Mm, um, yeah, they and, they uh, take like a three second side cut to show you they did kill the dog because yes. nothing escapes unscathed in this movie. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> surprise! There was a dog in this movie. It plays very little role in it, mm-hmm. other than to make you say, "Ah, oh, that sucks." Yeah, at, pretty at, much. At the end. <laughs> Um, Peter, uh, ascends into the treehouse, which, uh, at this point, uh, when Peter woke up, I forgot to mention this, there is light coming from the treehouse that, um, hmm. uh, that seems to be the, the heat lamps that Annie would use, but yeah. it's in fact just the treehouse being lit by, uh, occult candles, um, uh, Peter makes his way up. Uh, discovers a statue uh, with the uh, symbol of uh, holding a staff with a hand at top, uh, mm-hmm. making a gesture with a, another hand, and has the uh, decaying severed head of Charlie on it, mm-hmm. wearing a crown, uh, while his uh, grandmother and mother's decapitated bodies kneel in front of it. Um, in front of a host of, of naked cultists and non-naked cultists, i.e. Yep. Joe. Um, yeah. Some of them wear the linen. Some of them do not wear the linen. <laughs> right. Um, and um, at this point, uh, we get the exposition dump, which I actually really hated the first time that I saw this movie. Um, mm. when, when this when this part happened i i was really i felt i came out of it feeling really really sour um Mm. because it's just (laughs) so explicitly like surprise this is what's been going on the entire time yeah it's wholly unnecessary because you're talking to payman the dude that was there the whole time i think he knows what happened yeah he's there (laughs) he's gonna make sure he knows your side of the story yeah (laughs) But but I also I also but they also call it Charlie. Hmm. I I feel well, like the idea was like maybe the grandmother at some point got the got Paimon into Charlie when she was very very young, and so there's kind of that. Yes, they. Thing. She said it specifically. Mm-hmm. 
um payman yes, yeah. was possessing charlie and mm. joan says um uh i believe it's like we've that imperfect host we've dealt with it or we've cut yeah. off its head um, yeah. so now you're free to ascend into the next mm. like the perfect host oh yeah and really, really early in the film, Charlie said that she was sad because her grandmother always wanted her to be a boy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Which, hey, there you go. Yeah, and she didn't know why, but this is specifically why, mm. because a boy is the perfect host for their great king, Payman, who will give mm-hmm. the family a lot of riches. There was also a letter um, that, uh, or maybe it wasn't a letter, but it was written in one of the books that um, was found in the attic, or was it in the attic? Or maybe just uh, in, the or, or, or in the box where uh, um, Anne is reading it, and it's 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 to her from her her mother saying that um, mm. uh, I know that there's been a lot of hardships and a lot of sacrifices that you know you have to make or we're making, but yeah. don't don't worry about that because in the end um, it will pay off. I mean everything will be worth it, and that's what mm. this is leading to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yes, Joan exposits at us, uh, at, at us and Paymon. Um, I actually kind of really like Alex Wolf's acting, uh, uh, acting during the sequence. There's mm. a, uh, there's, there's a real, uh, fascinating kind of like blind idiot god, um, look to Payman uh, to him as he's kind of like adjusting uh to his new bar- body which is also mm. charlie and payman and maybe there's still some peter left in there um probably not i don't yeah consider. i don't i don't think there is um at that um, point but because he's so, he is dead right yeah he so, died falling out the window so <laughs> so here's way. here's the thing that that i maybe I convinced myself to accept this ending better, um, this this ex- exposition dump a little a little more, which is this feels like a move by a a a young director who lives in the internet age and mm. knows how prevalent um ending of scary blank scary movie explained is and, <laughs> yes and literally was like you know what i don't want that so i'm going to just tell everybody what's going on like explicitly <laughs> so there's none of this this like who's who's king payment and look at this mm. click look at this clickbait video and you know and that's probably not the case that's that's my own way of rationalizing with it. This is this is my unhealthy way of dealing with with grief. Is <laughs> is is this belief that it was to own the of uh, the explained YouTuber crowd? <laughs> um, not, uh, I'm not gonna make a model. I'll make a video instead. <laughs> um. Uh. And yes. Uh. Uh. uh Peter is Paymon. Uh. He will bring good familiars. Uh, bend all men to their wills and uh hail paymon cut to a really <laughs> great shot of of the treehouse as mm. kind of as a miniature with yeah. all the cultists and paymon in that and catchy um what's the name of the song that plays at the end of this 
that feels like um <laughs> like the song that plays at the end of an American werewolf in London. <laughs> and and yeah. and it and it's in its um whiplash tone. <laughs> mm. Um I don't, yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> but the um one <laughs> one nice thing about the X-ray feature on Amazon when you're watching this is that when you pause the movie and then like press up i'm using mm-hmm. a playstation so that's just the mm-hmm. interface but it pulls the x-ray menu down and then there's a there's a sub menu for um, music like ost score for the film and mm-hmm. it, it lists every track um that was used and then if you click on it it sends you to the scene that that part is playing in oh nice so mm-hmm. i don't i don't have that pulled up but if i did i would tell you what the, <laughs> what the track was <laughs> uh. But it does exist, so I think that's a nice feature that they've included because the music for this was all picked like very specifically. Um, and I believe one of the interviews that the director uh, had listened to a specific composer um, as he was do- writing the screenplay. Mm. Yes, we haven't talked about the 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 original score for for this film, but it's evil. Um, mm. It's it's uncomfortable. It uh, really uh, it evokes uh, uh, a bit of The Shining, and I actually was going to mention Dave when you were talking about uh, the the horns and, and symbols that accompany Payman. That is also very much integrated with the score of mm. of this movie because frequently horns and symbols, clashing clanging symbols, are used. Yeah. Uh, there's also the yeah. one bit that we've, I think I believe unintentionally glossed over, um, a trait of Paymon that isn't mentioned in any of the text I'm finding, but um, it is a, a flag for the viewer is his um, uh, compulsive like clicking of the tongue. Oh, mm. so we get yeah. that sound okay. and that yeah we're 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 made to understand is a. A, um, a trait that Charlie has, but really, I don't think so. It belongs to Paymon mm. because oh. it, it's evidenced in, in Peter, right at the at the, at the end. end. Yes. Yeah, the 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 tongue click. Um, yes, and that's hereditary. It's mm. um, it, it was it, it's a lot of fun, everybody, and you should t- and you should definitely watch it with a first time date. Um, take God. your take your mother to it. Uh, mothers, take your estranged children to it. Make sure that everybody sees the feel good movie uh, of 2018, hmm. Hereditary. Yeah, just make sure you're all in the same room when you're watching it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, no, the God, this is it's such a good movie, but it's so deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> to watch (laughs) hug your family as long as you're okay with your family kids yes and if you're not go to therapy because family 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 counseling is indispensable and can prevent tragedies such as this unless unless you would like to be showered in gold yes um so one of the uh the the what i think one final thing wrapping up unless anybody else has anything to say after me of course Mm. I, I'm I'm not the King Paimon of this podcast. <laughs> um uh, uh is um uh the inevitability 
of of this family's tragedy because mm-hmm. they never had a chance. They were this was preordained and there was no way that they were going to escape it. Um because literally this was the, was masterminded by a cabal of people and everything that happened was happened exactly as planned yeah well um, i mean they they um it's a self-fulfilling thing i mean they're they're making these events happen so right it unless they had discovered what was going on like early on mm-hmm. and took measures yeah. to like stop the cult that may have been the only chance they had but they're they're armed with nothing um right. a- aside from their own mm-hmm. um failures <laughs> as as family members and as as people um, mm-hmm. so oh, it's it's well, an un- unavoidable end for these um, this family unfortunately right which is once again the reason why i love the box in the workshop which is is of of course annie was never going to discover it uh before the point that she did because she's so uh, repulsed by anything having to do with her mother mother that she won't even go through her mother's personal effects yeah you know something that mm. a normal healthy person would do that had a relatively decent relationship with their their mother she won't do and only does it out of duress finally at the end of the movie or just realized her mother was in a cult right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that may have been uh a point that was overlooked not only not only uh not only uh, a member of the cult but the queen because yeah, there's she's, a picture she's leading the cult with her sweet riches yes <laughs> um so that uh anyone else have any other thoughts observations on hereditary um we got a little feedback actually which is nice didn't we we did oh yes yeah um so let's see uh i'll take first one uh so we have bishop uh at tech credo our good friend lars from twitter uh says hereditary was easily my most intense 2018 movie experience goosebumps galore the scariest monster is a person perfect balance between harrowing family drama dealing with loss grief and guilt and supernatural horror no cheap thrills elegant and hard-hitting horror yeah yeah (laughs) i think we can agree (laughs) with that that. (laughs) yeah and i'll i'll read the other one so this is from uh at at year one who or cosmic castaway i think they've written in before um Mm. but they they ask a question of us uh where do you think peter's soul goes once taken fully does he die or is he in there with the others and just sleeping um we kind of answer that i I, personally i Mm. think he he when he suicided he's was done Um, yeah 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 and and any Absolutely. anything that seemed like it was Charlie really was Paymon the whole time. The whole time, yeah. 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 Oh man. It goes it goes deep. The cult's responsible for everything. How'd Charlie get that peanut allergy? <laughs> <laughs> Why okay, that was a severe allergy. Why didn't they not carry like an EpiPen or something? Because they they even referenced that at the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> Annie because Annie says Annie says that doesn't have nuts. We don't have the pin with. Because why would they we ju- not have the EpiPen. Because oh. they just because they just don't. Because Those things that, are ex- they're expensive. They 
but well they're well listen with that house that house that they live in i think that That's they true. can afford some epic bed the... to sit there and drink yeah, so so the thing is, I think that Steve wasn't really like he's maybe self-employed, mm. as as yeah. Annie is, and he's harping on her to get that installation artwork done because that's a major source Where of the their income. Comes from. Yes, it's from her installation pieces. Everything else they have is probably holdover from wealth that her mother had. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So uh, she, the house, the also... house may not even need payments. It may have been bought in full. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Because she, 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 she is known known for this, and this time that she has 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 put on a uh, an art installation like this, because it it, uh, it shows mm. there's a quick flash of her her website, the Miniature World's website. So uh, Annie is known for this. So I suspect oh, that yeah, yeah that yeah. I I think she was paying the bills. I mean, as far as that goes. Um, which he, would he, also explain yeah. the stress that she has to deal with. Oh yes, yeah. and 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 the stress that um, her husband's putting on her because right. potentially his own whatever he's doing is not as lucrative um, as her art installations. Mm -hmm. So that's right. an, another uh, facet to this bundle of woe that they're saddled with. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that answers your your question, um, Cosmic <laughs> Castaway. Oh wait! I do want to make one more note. So, um, you uh, after after Peter jumps out the window, you know that there's a shadow that passes over him. Mm. The, the first time I watched the movie, I thought that that was his soul leaving his oh. body. Um, it is not. I no. I actually realized that it's just Annie's decapitated. Oh yeah, yeah, body Fl floating. <laughs> Um, but that was what I uh, I interpreted it mm. as the first time I watched, and then I was like, "Oh no, it's just her her on her on her way to the party." Yep. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and is that uh, it? I, that, I think that wraps us up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, Thank you for listening to this episode of Monster Dear Monster. Uh, we will be back in a uh, in 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 a little bit uh, with a new uh, less hopefully less depressing um, <laughs> bit of horror for, mm. for 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 you wonderful people. Uh, until then, Dave, where can people find you on the internet? Pretty much exclusively on Twitter. Um, I handle i guess is at sentinel underscore plus um it will be in the notes as usual and cameron where can people find you on uh you can also find me on the tweeter uh i'm at night underscore twitten that's night without the k uh come join with me in yelling about ubisoft being bad stop it ubisoft please just just stop make good games and stop there um <laughs> How about you, Leonard? Uh, and and Leonard, where where can where can people find you on the internet? Well, Leonard, they can find me also at Twitter, uh, at uh, at Doctor Faust is dead, um, where I talk about stuff and things, uh, repost uh, twee cat pictures, 
in supermarkets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I call them potatoes. Uh, and you can also follow, find me on YouTube at uh, drfaustisdead.com. I promise I'll make something new, hopefully soon. Um, please stop, don't yell at me. I'm sorry. I'll put, I'll finish the installation. I will just give me some time. I'm going to need some pictures. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but what, and to you listeners, thank you once again for joining us on a, another episode of monster dare monster. We will, you will be hearing from us very soon. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye-bye. Real cultist hours, who's up? (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap.